NAMIC members can now receive a 15% discount on new customer subscriptions to NASDAQ Board Portal. NASDAQ Board Vantage is a powerful corporate communication platform and online solution that helps companies run their board meetings, organize, share materials with directors, and document board activities in a secure online environment. More than half of Fortune 100 companies trust NASDAQ Board Vantage, a NAMIC national market member, to provide streamlined corporate governance services. To learn what the online portal will allow your company to do, visit www.namic.org slash products slash boardvantage. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Insurance Uncovered. This podcast is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies and is your source for insurance news and perspectives from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. I'm your host, Kathy Imus, and today we're uncovering Florida's historic legislative session. We're breaking down the state's new comprehensive tort and auto glass reform laws and how the session marks a brighter future for consumers. Plus, a new lawsuit against two automakers whose cars insurers claim are too easy to steal. And finally, a long overdue public adjuster reform bill heads to the Illinois governor's desk, how that legislation will help combat fraud in the state. But first, 68 different insurance companies have filed suit against Hyundai and Kia, claiming the automakers' vehicles are too easy to steal. The lawsuit hopes to force the South Korean automakers to reimburse insurance companies for the money they have spent replacing or repairing stolen vehicles in the U.S., a sum that could end up close to $600 million. The wave of thefts began about two years ago when videos first appeared on TikTok showing how to steal these models with nothing more than a screwdriver and a USB cable. The reason these companies are the only ones involved is that their entry-level models are not equipped with push-button start and also are not fitted with an engine immobilizer, something that's been standard on most vehicles for many years. In other auto-related news, claim severity for bodily injury and property damage increased 35% since 2019, while collision claim severity increased 40%. That's according to a new report from LexisNexis Risk Solutions. The data broker's 2023 U.S. Auto Insurance Trends Report says the amount of traffic on U.S. roadways plummeted after the onset of the pandemic in March 2020, but volumes returned to nearly pre-pandemic levels last year. The report also noted that motorists are driving like the roads are still empty. The number of major speeding violations were up 20 percent above 2019 rates, and minor speeding violations surpassed 2019 levels for the first time since the pandemic. The LexisNexis report also highlighted one bit of good news. The total number of fatalities on U.S. highways dipped 0.2 percent during the first three quarters of 2022 compared to that same period in 2021. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is expected to sign a long-overdue public adjuster bill. The Illinois legislature passed SB 1495 to combat fraud by preventing storm scammers from abusing consumers after major natural disasters. 
The NAMIC-supported bill caps public adjuster compensation at a maximum of 10 percent of the amount of the settlement claim. It also requires public adjusters to provide a written disclosure of the financial interest that a public adjuster has with any other party who is involved in the claim. NAMIC Regional Vice President Andrew Perkins says it's about time for this legislation. It's not very often these days in Springfield that the insurance industry can come away with any type of win, especially this late in session. And I kind of laugh at that because typically we're fighting a lot of battles. We have been fighting a lot of battles uh, and still will up until the adjournment date of uh, May 19th this Friday. But, you know, we were able to get a win um, in public adjuster reform. And that was through Senate Bill 1495, which uh, passed the House unanimously last week. Um, it is now going to be sent to the governor uh, within the next couple of weeks, and we're going to ask him to act swiftly on the bill. Um, but essentially, the bill is very long awaited by the industry. We, we've wanted this type of reform for a long time. We know that companies all over have heard uh, from policyholders that they're getting um, abused in, in many instances by public adjusters that swoop in at the last second, right after a storm, right after any type of nat natural disaster. And this will really uh, be a first step, at least, to combat that. And uh, we're looking forward to working uh, in the future with the Department of Insurance and then other stakeholders that were so uh, very instrumental to getting this to the finish line this year. The bill had passed the House unanimously over the past two years, only to stall in the Senate. Illinois is not the only state making progress. Florida is making major strides to help insurance consumers in that state. The legislature adjourned its 2023 session last week after passing major reforms to significantly reduce litigation abuses and other issues that have raised costs for residents and insurers alike. On today's Unscripted, NAMIC CEO Neil Aldrich talks with Regional Vice President Caitlin Murray about the historic legislative session. Joining me today on the Unscripted portion of the podcast is Caitlin Murray. Caitlin works for NAMIC. She's our Regional Vice President uh, covering the Southeast region of the country, uh, where there has been a little bit of activity going on in one of her states, uh, particularly Florida. Uh, many people have probably seen some of the historic changes, positive changes for once uh, in Florida. Caitlin was in the sort of epicenter of getting a lot of that work done. She's been a tremendous asset to NAMIC members working in Florida, uh, lives in Tallahassee, uh, and spends a lot of time there, uh, whether she has to or not, just usually is the epicenter of insurance issues. And so, Caitlin's going to talk us through kind of what happened here in the Florida session that just ended. So thanks for joining us today, Caitlin. Hey, Neil. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure happy to uh, to educate our members on all the exciting things in Florida. Yeah, it's usually like the opposite. It's usually in Florida, all the bad things that are going on. But we actually got some positive to talk about today, which is great. So let's just talk about it. Start at the beginning here. Um, kind of paint the picture of what was going on. Uh, a lot of insurance issues in Florida always with hurricanes, but this was much more about litigation environment and kind of everything rolled into one. So kind of talk about the overall environment and the insurance issues facing the state before we get into some of the specific actions the legislature took. 
Right. Yeah. So certainly, um, Florida has definitely seen a crisis in their property insurance market and, and frankly, in their um, insurance market, generally speaking. But uh, honestly, the biggest thing that has driven the civil remedies reform package that happened in Florida um, is we've seen a near collapse of a segment of the private market, uh, that segment served by Florida domestic companies. And we've seen double digit rate increases throughout the market due to the litigation environment uh, facing insurers. So this is driven in part by increasing reinsurance rates, which are in turn driven by the litigation risks facing carriers. So the whole problem is a result of, I would say, ultimately, the biggest problem is the one-way fee law, uh, which until earlier this year was the primary source of lawsuits in property and auto. And so um, having this House Bill 837 uh, repealing that, uh, and actually repealing it in December in this this special session for property, um, that was a huge win. Yeah, indeed. So let's talk about, let's go to the tort reform side of things. Probably the most comprehensive, maybe the single most comprehensive tort reform I've seen in any state uh, in my time here at NAMIC, 20 plus years, certainly the largest in Florida. Uh, Of course, there was a lot to fix in Florida. Uh, Over the years, the the trial bar had been very creative in creating a system that uh, had many aspects to it that needed to be reformed. So tell us what was in the bill uh, and kind of our view of what we think now and how things may improve because of it. Right. Um, So I would say just to list out the items, um, the package contains provisions covering seven major areas of reform, which include third party bad faith, uh, comparative negligence, fee multipliers, one way attorney's fees statute of limitations, transparency and damages, and premises liability. But for NAMIC members, I think the biggest win would probably be the repeal of fees um, and for uh, auto carriers, um, the bad faith reform. So currently, or before this, this law passed, parties that are not the policyholder have no duty to cooperate on an insurance claim, which then leads to abuse of bad faith litigation strategies. To encourage settlements and discourage litigation, this section of the legislation requires that the legislation that passed requires third parties to cooperate in good faith and allows insurers to pay the lesser of policy limits or the demand before third party bad faith complaint is filed or within 90 days after being served. It's a safe harbor. Um, it reverses Florida Supreme Court rulings that have led to ordinary negligence being deemed bad faith. And if multiple third parties make claims exceeding a policy's limits, then insurers may have a judge or arbitrator determine how the policy limits should be distributed. Um, the one-way attorney fee statute is unique, and and there's been a lot of different iterations of how we, um, I hate saying, but skin that cat. Um, and the original, uh, the unique one-way attorney fees you you uh, referred to, essentially, if you were um, if you were the policyholder and you filed a claim and you said it was twenty thousand dollars worth of damages, and the insurance company came back and said it's ten thousand dollars worth of damages, and the court said, well, actually, it's ten thousand and one dollar. So you would think that you know, that leaned towards what the insurance company was saying. But because that was $1 over, the insurance uh, company is now on the hook to pay all of the plaintiff's attorney's fees. And so that was becoming a system of abuse that was becoming a tactic to say, hey, why don't you settle with us? Or you can roll the dice in court and see what happens there. And and you might have to pay these extreme attorney's fees. Uh, So over time, you know, companies more and more settled, but that 
ultimately gets billed into the rates and that threat, you know, continued to happen and continue to to increase those rates. So we've actually taken a stab at how to fix that several times. And ultimately, we just talked about how the courts have come back. Every change that we've made, the courts have come back and they have skewed what we, you know, what we believe the legislature's original intent was. And ultimately, the solution would be just to repeal it altogether. And between the uh, December special session and what passed in 837, this regular session ultimately did repeal it uh, for auto, uh, just across the board for auto and, and for property as well. Yeah, it's an amazing system, the level of complexity that had been baked into the system in Florida over the years. Um, I, I give the trial bar a lot of credit there. They, they don't lack for creativity um, in how they approach these issues. But uh, you and I were part of a group that were down meeting with the governor last fall in Florida, and one of our national writers was there. I use this stat all the time that said that uh, this is a company that writes homeowners insurance all over the country. They have two percent of their writings and homeowners policies in the in Florida, and fifty percent of their litigation costs were in Florida. Then um, that stat is one you hear other companies parrot a lot as well. Just gives you a real perspective of the the kind of change that this bill represents, uh, and hopefully brings some stability to the marketplace there. Uh, it isn't going to fix the hurricane problem, of course, but maybe it'll make, um, you know, the uh, at least the litigation environment a little more settled there and certainly needs it. So, Caitlin, that, that stat I mentioned about the one rider, I know you've mentioned several other interesting statistics that came out of that discussion we had with the governor and the following work that was done. So talk about some of the, the those numbers that came out from other member companies. Great. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. And, and I actually just want to, on that note, um, just give a shout out to the governor, Ron DeSantis, for all his hard work on this on this issue, as well as the legislature. Um, Speaker Renner was a big uh, proponent of this bill and of the reforms, as well as Travis Hudson was the, the Senate sponsor. So we are definitely grateful for all their hard work. But absolutely, even in those conversations that we were having um, back last year, uh, one of our member companies even talked about in their um, auto claims that you know, 15% of that, of the average 15% of that claim is the actual indemnification, um, actually making the consumer whole where the other 85% is uh, litigation fees. So, I mean, that's just extraordinary numbers. And that goes hand in hand, you know, in the property market, a number that was thrown around that we got from the NAIC was that 8% of all homeowners insurance claims for the entire country are in Florida. But 79% of litigation associated with those claims are in Florida. So yeah. that's just, those numbers are just are, are egregious and something had to give. Yeah, indeed. And, and I, I share your your thanks for the governor and legislative leaders. Um, when we met with him in, I think it was October last year, uh, he didn't take much convincing that there was a problem. Uh, he, he sort of knew, he was all about, you know, what do we need to do to solve it? Uh, and he was very committed from the get-go of doing it, and I give him a lot of credit. To, these are not easy issues to take on. They're substantive. They're complex, and and he really did a good job in leading the effort there and deserves a lot of credit along with the legislative members who, who hung in there and got the job done. So one, one item that did come out of this toward the end of the legislative process here was this tactic to kind of overwhelm the courts by the trial bar before the the law became the law 
so talk a little bit about that and what we saw from those from those folks and how they approached this bill towards the end there. Right. We had um, within the 24 hours of the bill's final passage, uh, a message from a major uh, trial attorney firm that everybody I think across the country is familiar with um, was circulated saying that they will be um, filing 25,000 lawsuits in the next 48 hours. And that's just a fraction of what ultimately was filed in that final week and continues to be filed. Um, I can tell you that um, during the debates, during the testimony, the trial bar argued that the one-way fee lawyers won't take cases and consumers will be denied access to courts. They argued that in bad faith cases, small business owners would be on the hook for excessive judgments if insurers could avoid bad faith liability under the safe harbor. I mean, for comparative fault, they argued that making the injured person 100% responsible for their loss would deny them fairness by removing other persons who shared fault. Um, for transparency and damages, they argued that paying medical costs to Medicaid would result in physicians refusing to take patients. Um, and ultimately, they said that this would take away consumer protections. However, as we have said, and other insurance experts and consumer advocates have expressed, uh, you know, especially in such a volatile market as Florida, this healthy, healthy competition is what we're looking for, and that will lead to market stability. And the ultimate consumer protection is a market that allows for affordable, accessible, and reliable insurance products. And that just has not been the case for Florida for so long. So at, at some point, as I mentioned before, something, something had to give. Yeah, indeed. So one little aspect of this, uh, I, I, another funny story from that uh, visit that you and I had with the governor, uh, and that that's the bill that then dealt with the auto glass portion of the program here. Um, I heard a stat back then that uh, the average Florida auto glass claim was something like $7,500. Uh, and, you know, in the most other states in the country, it's like $250 to get your windshield replaced people suing each other over auto windshield glass uh, uh, replacement, uh, another area that needed to have needed to be addressed. I remember you and I were going to dinner uh, with the, I think it was then the chief, the staff maybe, or the chief legislative person with the governor's office. And we were in an Uber that had a cracked windshield. And we were at a stoplight right next to the, to the state, at the state house there. And, and, a, and a guy in the car next to us rolled down his window, was trying to get our Uber driver's attention that he could help him fix his auto glass. We were right like next to the Capitol when that happened. Um, it's just remarkable that, of the kinds of things that go on down there. So uh, talk a bit about the auto glass reform that also happened here. The only thing missing from that scenario was 15 giant billboards with, with yeah. attorneys on them. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. We were hearing stories that even sometimes the fi the court filing fees for that lawsuit were higher than the actual initial claim, and they were getting uh, six thousand dollars in attorneys' fees out of out of something that was less than fifty dollars. So, yeah. um, I mean, these are obviously extreme stories, but there are quite a few of them that you know just they just don't seem right. Um, and so, actually. Um, in the last few weeks, in the last week of session, actually, uh, Senate Bill 1002 passed that would um, ban the assignment of benefits in auto glass. Um, also, it would also ban steering. Um, 
for those who are seeking to fix their their cracks in their windshield. Um, and yeah, so with the help of the Fix the Cracks initiative, which uh, NAMIC is a contributing member, um, Senate Bill 1002 passed the session, um, which should end the predatory inducement and AOB scheme that glass vendors, um, not all, I just, I want to, I want to stress that unfortunately, and, and, and that goes with the litigation environment as well, not all actors are bad actors, but there's been cottage industries in, in all areas that have led to the need for these reforms. And so hopefully 1002, um, you know, that will that will end the, the AOB scheme that glass vendors use to take away consumer rights so they can sue and seek unreasonably high payouts while their attorney allies, allies rake in profits uh, in the form of fees. So that same model almost wrecked the property market um, and it was alive and well in auto. So hopefully we'll see those those fixes um, start to um, start to take effect on on the property or the auto market. Yeah, indeed. So so lots of good stuff in Florida, uh, as I mentioned at the outset. Lots of times in the insurance business, we spend a lot of time talking about Florida's problems, um, but there are some really good positive reforms here. Remarkable list of accomplishments. Uh, you should be very proud of your actions there. One of your other states is Louisiana, so you got to go over there and mimic this over there now. Nothing's ever finished uh, in the states. Sometimes you have to, another one crops up. So, but as we look ahead here just for a minute, what do we, uh, you know, what do we see in the future in Florida? Any other legislative priorities on the horizon? I'm glad that you brought up Louisiana. It's it's funny because uh, this would be my second session um, representing NAMIC in Louisiana. And last year it was all don't be Florida, don't be Florida. And this year it's more like, how can we be more like Florida? So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, positive things where, you know, where there's still some you know negative areas and definitely places we need to, to fix um, some things in, in Louisiana's market as well as Florida's. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of, it's been years uh, of work going into this. I should also give a shout out to the Florida Justice Reform Institute, William Large, um, who's a group that we member with, uh, we are members of and we partner with, has really been working on on these issues for decades at this point. Um, but in my time in Florida, you know, we've seen lots of attempts at reforms, um, reforms that have been challenged. I know we had, you know, original, the AOB, um, abuse reforms uh, in 2019, followed by Senate Bill 76, followed by um, a May this past year, a May special session that definitely um, chipped away. But I, I think the two biggest uh, changes or reforms took place in the December special session where they um, barred uh, one-way attorney's fees and assignment of benefits and property claims. And that had not been taken for the, far enough. And we expressed that, you know, where we have fixed that area, we know that it's going to probably spill over. Likely these cottage industries are likely, they know the model, they're probably gonna spill over into the auto market. So we were able to get this fix the cracks, uh, 1002 passed, and then obviously this major House Bill 837 major tort reform. So it has been a long time coming and it's been, a, a many people have, have definitely, um, have been a part of the, these changes, but ultimately, I think the formula that we're looking at is we saw a window where we had a friendly governor uh, who who hates driving down 75 with the t all of the billboards that he saw sees for all these um, plaintiffs' attorneys. Uh, we have a friendly legislature who also feels the same. Um, we had a, an insurance commissioner who had been beating that drum for a long time, and a, a 
the chief financial officer, that all came together, this small window, they all came together and, you know, we took the opportunity to educate them. They listened and ultimately uh, we got these reforms done. So as we, as we look forward here in other sessions, what do you see on the horizon here, Caitlin? So as much success as we had this past session, um, we still have a huge increase in regulatory authority for OIR in the form of the bill that passed the last week of session, seven, uh, Senate Bill 7052. Um, it was, quote unquote, uh, balancing act to kind of balance out the reforms that were in 837. Uh, they were calling it insurer accountability. Um, so we'll have to navigate that and we'll be have to be ready to defend House Bill 837 and Senate Bill 1002 reforms. Getting those bills passed was half the battle, um, but the trial bar plays a long game and they will be seeking any opportunity to weaken or undo the reforms that have passed this year. Um, and so we'll have to remain vigilant and keep our advocacy efforts to defend the reforms that have been passed. Uh, we also have to share any news on, on market improvements with our allies in the legislature and just you know keep beating beating the drum, keep fighting the good fight. Um, but ultimately that will be on the ground still with, with our partners in the legislature, in the, um, it's the c commissioner's office, um, and then our members. Yeah, it's great. It's great stuff, Caitlin. You should be really proud of your work. Uh, I know the amount of time you spent on it personally. Um, some, I, having been in those places myself in the past, I know what it goes into. Uh, the old saying goes, you know, success has many parents, right? Uh, and so that, that that is true. There's lots of hands in this one, but you're certainly one of the important ones. So a lot of credit to you. And we, we're awful proud of the work you've done there on behalf of DAMIC members and, and well done. Thanks, Neil. I, I call it job security. <laughs> it is. It is that. All right. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of Insurance Uncovered. We'll be back again on May 31st with more insurance news and perspective. Until then, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a great day.